Hello and welcome to Tech Masala, a technology podcast from an Indian perspective. This is episode number 29 for the week of 24th Jan 2010. I'm Aditya and along with me, I have Sakit. Hi guys. Hey, uh, so we are back just uh, a day before the big Apple announcement. The entire tech community is looking at this uh, announcement now. Yeah, we were actually in two minds whether or not to record today or tomorrow, but uh, uh, we, we guessed we just stick stick to our schedule. Yeah, and plus we, we, we need more time to, you know, digest the news that comes out. We just don't want to give out the facts. That's just not what we do. You know, you pointed that out and rightly so. Well, then um, with that, let's get started with the first story. With that, let's get started with the first story. The T20 IPL matches are now going to be available as live streams on YouTube.com. I think this is great news for anybody in India. I mean, uh, you are at work and you don't have a television set and uh, you have to keep up with IPL by calling your friends, asking them. And now if your company is good enough not to block YouTube, you can actually follow IPL right on your computer. This is not the first time that IPL is being broadcasted online for the first time, but it definitely is the first time that it is available for free. So users are not going to have to pay. Earlier, I think Willow.tv was doing it, but then you had to pay some money. I I think it was $5 to do this. But now it's going to be available for free and plus you can select. It's it's just not not a static feed. You can select the camera angle that you want. uh, and and you know you can it's it's a much more it's a much interactive. Uh, uh, I I think it's gonna kill the bandwidth in the offices. It uh, is country. Uh, office. I mean, our, our internal IT guys should be nice enough to at least put out an audio feed. Okay, if not video, at least listening to audio might give some respite to people out there. But this is going to be available at youtube.com slash IPL. And uh, this is something new, a trend that we see coming from YouTube. I mean, uh, yeah. they, it's not that this is the first time they are broadcasting a live event. Uh, they previously did a YouTube concert, which was called YouTube Live. And that was quite a success. And this is supposed to be their second engagement. And I think sports seems to be a great uh, focus area for YouTube. I mean, uh, they've already had it with user-generated content. I mean, they need to diversify. So, I mean, sports is one thing, covering concerts is another. And I mean, it's it's a content play from them wherein they are looking at, uh, you know, broadcasting content like films even. In fact, we had a story a couple of weeks back where... Uh, three idiots the film was supposed to be screened on YouTube and uh, a lot of these uh, stories are just coming up now. Yeah, I think I think if, if, you, if you take a look at uh, what's happening with YouTube is so far YouTube has been a place for um, what uh, a video that you took with your cell phone of a, of a friend falling down a gutter or something like that. Uh, and plus it was archived. Now they are moving on to these other other models where they are getting into live delivery Plus, I also heard that they might be getting into rental going against uh, Netflix of the world. So, they are trying to be a lot more than what they have so far been. 
and yeah, they have also already debuted rentals if you look at uh, uh, i mean google there was a sundance film festival where certain films were debuted so they have an arrangement wherein five films are available for viewing on 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 youtube and you can pay for them via your google checkout account the, the youtube gig that you you spoke about uh, they i think they delivered something like a million or a couple of million feeds there okay yeah. they had couple of million people watching online so i think they should be able to take the ipl load as well yeah but that must require some crazy server configurations i mean just imagine uh, right yeah I, i mean just imagine about the server farms and uh, it must be it must be a uh, you know it's an engineering marvel if, if you it must it is mind boggling i would kill to work there i mean i work for a i i work for a company where we do uh, software development and we we deliver websites for customers and i mean the concurrent users is always a topic which we you know talk about that how many people do you think are going to access the site concurrently and then you try and size your server capability according to that yeah. so in this is bigger than anything anybody has worked with i am sure of that yes and but you know now coming back to this particular story they did not reveal any particular exchange of money that might have happened between ipl and youtube no there was no such mentions but you you can expect that google will monetize via their uh, pre roll and post roll video ads i mean like they do even right now and uh, i'm sure the bcci or or ipl in this case lalit modi and his gang they will get some cut out of it definitely i mean they have already you know they uh, right in the first year itself they sold their internet broadcasting rights to via img international management group because we know because you know we you we if you know saket we had uh, done an alternative commentary for the first world cup t20 uh, that is indicast was just watching tv and that was a skype cast if i'm not wrong that that was a skype cast and then we moved on to a ustream.tv you know flash based delivery where we received something like 900 people were listening to us at the same time so it was it was a it was a hit okay it was it was popular but then we got this season this is letter from img saying that we should stop doing this it's illegal whatever we are doing uh, so but so apparently there is money has been exchanged money has exchanged hand at some money on it yeah but the argument that the img guy was making is that by you doing that you are stopping someone else from making money who has paid ipl someone these uh, corporate deals they are convoluted yes exactly and they have like high paying lawyers etc and we, we and it was just me abhishek and i on indicast side so we said okay we'll just stop doing it ah. but yeah. then let's see let's see we might we we are, we are trying to talk to img in india and uh, we are we are we are thinking about doing it for uh, you know this ipl uh, season because i mean it's different you know people like this alternative commentary they they don't only want to listen to ravi shastri and sunil gavaskar so let's yeah. see how that goes but would like to with yeah thanks man thanks and we'll have you are, are you a cricket fan by the way Uh, a bit of a cricket fan, not a huge one, but yes, I do take interest. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's try and get you on as well, if possible. On, I mean, it is it is all about that, you know, normal people talking about uh, cricket as they watch it on TV. So it, people like it. But let's let's move on. HTML five has been out for some time, not a long time, and YouTube has already started adopting it 
in its uh, website. Uh, yes, I mean this is an opt-in feature YouTube has, and uh, this is an another of the advances that YouTube seems to be making here. Uh, they are offering experimental HTML5 rollouts. I mean, uh, there are two ways you can look at this. There is actually an experiment up at uh, YouTube.com/testtube, which is um, which is basically like their labs feature where you can see different things YouTube has been doing, and you can actually demo the HTML5 video clear. But you also have the option to use HTML5 for your day-to-day -day video viewing on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash HTML5. And then you can say that you want to join the HTML5 beta. Yeah. After that, uh, whatever videos you view, if there is an HTML5 option, you actually get to see the video in HTML5 instead of uh, Adobe's uh, Flash components. I mean, there are cons that you can't do a full screen version of the video. It doesn't support ads, which, which is ironically a good Ooh. thing. But, uh, yeah, and the quality is good. I mean, it uses, uh, I mean, your uh, MPEG4's uh, H.264 codec and plays pretty smoothly and it's lighter than Flash by miles. So far, whatever you have said, it has been good for the, from, from the publisher's side. How yes. is it good for the viewer? Uh, well, if you look at Adobe Flash, it is a third-party plugin. So, uh, and given that video is an integral part of the web, uh, the but very fact already has Flash. Well, it, it it is a chicken and egg thing, right? Uh, there is so much video on the web which is delivered using Flash, so everybody has Flash, right. and because everybody has Flash, the video is delivered using Flash. But this has to change, given that I mean, uh, Flash is such a big attack vector. Most of the phishing attacks are not not Agreed. necessary. Thing, yeah. But let's say cross-site scripting and so many things. I mean, the more things you have exposed on your machine, the more ways people can get in. So, I mean, for something as simple as video, which is now becoming an integral part of the web, I mean, you need to have... Uh, uh, you need to include that in the specification for HTML itself. I mean, instead of forever relying on this buggy third-party plugin, I mean, which uh, which is actually the leading uh, cause of browser crashes worldwide. I mean, I mean, this has been statistically proven. The browser manufacturers are still split into, uh, have, have two opinions. Basically, uh, the, there is this bunch of browsers who say that uh, the open org theora codec should be the default to be used by HTML5 for video, whereas there is this uh, other set of browsers who are saying no, it should be H.264 codec. So this, we haven't found a, a resolution as yet for that argument, right? The ideal solution would be video on the internet being as open as, let's say, a JPEG is or a GIF is or any image file is. But the problem with video is that, as you said, there are codec issues. And we even talked about this in a previous TKM so episode. Yes, where I mean, we, we discussed this in detail. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be resolved one way or the other. One way is for the publisher to actually include both uh, codecs and I mean the whatever codec the browser supports they can support that or I don't know maybe Og Theora as you say will get better and then uh, once these sites uh, get support for that that can become the standard for now uh, uh, YouTube and in fact Vimeo also has followed suite I mean uh, Vimeo is also in, uh, introducing session level filtering when you can choose to view uh, all videos in HTML5 for a particular session and all these initiators by YouTube and Vimeo, they are all H.264. So you can only view them in Safari, Chrome. If you've got Internet Internet Explorer with Chrome frame, 
and that's about it and no firefox unfortunately and no opera because both of these browsers plan to stick with the theora codec and they don't plan on implementing support for the h264 codec because it finally costs money and i mean the whole they say it defeats the whole idea of open source software yeah and plus this is after w3c had dropped the audio and video codec requirements from html5 so even then YouTube and these other, um, you know, Vimeo you just mentioned are going ahead and adopting the HTML5 in their websites. So let's see. I mean, from my point of view, you know, this, this, um, so far HTML5, uh, really does it, it doesn't make a difference to me, you know, and that is how I think it should be. It should not require the user to change its, uh, behavior patterns, you know, just because there's a new, uh, standard out. So, so the point here is, I mean, at the end of the day, you still get delivered video, right? I mean, uh, it's up to you to join this beta if you want to. And uh, I mean, even after you do, you kind of realize how pages are snappier. So at the end of the day, it's good for the user. The user can still choose to view them using Flash. And no matter how this works out, if the user updates their browser to the latest versions, I mean, let us exclude IE here because th that's one dinosaur. But uh, let's say, let's talk about real browsers. I'm sure if the user is on the latest version, I mean, these things are going to be transparent for him. You, I, I think see, you, you come from a very developer point of view when you're, when you are making this argument. At least it, I, I get that feeling. So, you know, you know, it is better because so many things, it's going to be easier for the user, etc. But does the user really care? I'm not really sure, you know. The user doesn't care about many things. The user doesn't care about what browser he uses and he ends up getting all sorts of malware on his machine. And in the long run, it's not good for the user itself. So, I mean, if there is a standard which is getting implemented, which is uh, reducing the attack vector on whatever, on the browser, I mean, which is uh, consuming less resources, uh, I say we should support it. Yeah, well, let's go ahead with that then. Talking about uh, vulnerable users, we have reports that attackers sent Google workers IMs from friends and use that as a way to get in. Yeah, this is, I mean, the Google China story continued. We talked about this last week. We had a fairly detailed discussion and now more de details are emerging. I mean, firstly, I mean, the situation has turned political. You have Hillary Clinton making statements demanding that China should investigate uh, these hack attacks on Google and then China retaliating. Which saying is, that, yeah, which was not taken kindly by China, by the way. Yeah, which is not taken kindly. And the other angle here is, uh, as you said, uh, instant messaging was an attack vector for these hackers. They actually went through an elaborate uh, plan to, I mean, uh, hack these Google employees. They went out on Facebook. Uh, they found out who were the friends of these Google employees. Yeah. And they first hacked those accounts using some methodology. I'm not sure how. But basically, they hacked the uh, social network accounts of the friends of the Google employees and then uh, sent these malware links to them through those accounts uh, so that they uh, they obviously clicked on those links and they end, ended up getting malware themselves and that's how they were hacked but uh, this seems like a fairly elaborate plan doesn't it yeah this is this is like a mashup of social engineering and you know side scripting and everything actually. exactly exactly but you know it through this entire google story google has come out as a hero here right but yes. nobody is talking about that google systems were hacked nobody's also talking about the fact that google employees are stupid <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay 
okay we have a couple of uh, we have more than a few google employees listening into us they have probably I think a blanket statement about all Google employees. I'm sure uh, Google employees are smarter than most people. Yeah. But in this case, given the fact that uh, they were caught in a very simple phishing attack, right. it doesn't inspire confidence, does it? No, it does not. But but you know, I mean, the social engineering stuff can can be really really tricky. Now, for example, I have been getting a direct message from one of my Twitter followers who I follow too, and. It it's being done in a very stupid way, and I know that it is spam message coming through. Or a game he wants you to join? Exactly. Or or get more Twitter followers or something like that. And I don't want to click on that link because I know that it's going to do something bad or take me to a spam website. So there are people come up with innovative ways of getting getting you to click on that particular link. Yes, it is devious. I'll tell you. Ah well. So yeah, so so that was a quick update on whatever happened on the Google I side. I think it also includes the fact that uh, Microsoft has finally issued a patch for this hole, which has caused this entire controversy. And uh, as of uh, Wednesday, I mean, they they issue patches on Wednesdays. Uh, this Tuesdays, whole, I think Tuesdays, no? Tuesdays. Yeah, Tuesdays, I think Operation yeah. Aurora, and this has now been patched. So if you are having uh, IE8 or IE6 or IE7, you can breathe slightly easy but we'll still recommend you to switch yes and, and and microsoft also said that they knew about this poll uh since last um, spring but you know they they, they were they didn't yeah, bother to fix it they were doing then yeah exactly i think i see you know microsoft is a big company i mean to do to to get these things done i think it got stuck in some bureaucratic thing or some some quote unquote process that they might have had that they might have there so that that is what it is so so far you are okay to use ie they have they have fixed that hole but i'm sure there are others lying out there open out there uh, like talk that these uh, companies they uh, they actually discover these holes in ie and they sell them to the highest bidder i read a story where one of these security research companies they they sent a particular story they, they they what so how it usually works is that the security companies uh, in good faith usually notify uh, the software developers so for example if they find an ie hack uh, an ie security vulnerability they would send it to microsoft ask them to fix it and not release it to general public okay but now what they have started realizing is that these companies are just not responsive enough so now they have started to push it out to public and they are hoping that by them doing that companies like microsoft and all the browser manufacturers will they be more proactive because because now the vulnerability is out in the open right so they'll have to do something quickly let's hope so ah well since we are on the microsoft story why don't we talk about uh, the reports that apple might be thinking about adopting bing as its uh, default search engine in iphone i can't even begin to tell you how bad i feel about this <laughs> it's it's horrendous it's uh, like apple signing a deal with microsoft so that uh, uh, but this is not the first time that they have done this no this is not the first time they have done this but if they do this bing will end up being the default search engine on the iphone and i believe if if it happens on the iphone it also will happen on safari i mean it will end up being the default search engine on safari as well microsoft sure is putting a lot of money in marketing bing i i wonder how much money they're talking about there yeah and and i think 
now now here's the here's the thinking right if uh, now firefox also my is thinking on this thing on switching the default search engine now do you think the china story whatever happened in the last week and google threatening to pull out of china might be one of the uh, might be one of the reasons that these companies are now considering being because imagine i mean china is still a big market for these other companies and if google decides to pull out of china companies like iphone like motorola who is also using google as their default search engine they are going to be in trouble because now they don't have google on their phones in china uh, see i don't i don't think google will pull out of china it's that uh, they will just stop censoring the results of our google and they will remove their adwords and other businesses from china but the site will continue to open right i mean will, if the site government blocks it then that's something different but yes uh, it will but then apple and motorola are in problem because now their products are providing access through google to their citizens yes so obviously china is going to ask apple to stop doing that honestly i never i didn't even think about the story uh, from this angle it was just about uh, uh, why does apple want to do this I and mean, that that was the first question which came to me i mean why alienate all the fanboys i'm just saying this is my theory this is probably what is but the other theory i have is also about google and apple having this rivalry i mean you look at these companies they were the best of friends you had eric schmidt sitting on apple's board and then i mean google came out with the phone that pissed off apple and, and now they are constantly encroaching on each other's territory i mean apple is coming out with a product which will rival google maps i mean they have filed patents for that then you have uh, you, you have this uh, mobile ads product that apple is interested in yeah and uh, yeah so, they so just they just purchased a mobile ad company also the story says out here so they are really cro- intersecting each other on a lot of on on lot more fronts than earlier and then apple is also you know uh, they have blocked out google voice on their phones and uh, a lot of anti google stuff apple has done and, it, and honestly it pains me to see this because this... i love apple and i love google and i want them to be friends <laughs> what <laughs> what i think this started happening after google actually opened up their own video store with google video which didn't take off but that was the first intersection point between apple and google don't you think so videos really yeah because apple i was already selling videos through itunes now okay. google comes up opens their video store which did not pick up but if it ha- if it would have picked up that would have been the first uh, intersection point and the, and uh, you know a few months later eric schmidt stepped down from the board of apple uh, i think that was android and what the next and- and the yeah, exactly so so after that happened android is what happened and then the os itself so just too many conflict of interest for him then but another thought i get from this is the last time uh, apple associated with microsoft it was a deal which put ie on uh, as the default browser on all macs and that deal broke with uh, safari being launched by apple and i think that was a great move by them uh and and there also have been some rumors about apple in the future trying to launch a search engine who, who knows let's see what happens there i don't know man i don't see i i don't know if apple is really brilliant at the software they are they are brilliant at making 
beautiful software okay i'm not sure if they are capable of making intelligent software if you know what i mean so i guess so so i mean they have their own niches right they have their own niches they have a niche in video uh, music but it's it's a very simple software the the itunes uh but that's what i think again i so you in in this episode you have pissed off the google uh, fanboy the the google employees and i'm talking crap about apple right now yeah. uh well uh and in the next story we are going to be talking uh, not so well about motorola who is seeking a ban on blackberry in us uh this is deja vu all over again last week we talked about uh, nokia versus apple uh, both these companies they wanted ban on each other's products because uh, they alleged that uh, some patents were being infringed on it is exactly the same case with motorola and blackberry in fact uh, both motorola and eastman kodak they are complaining to the us authorities against blackberry i mean motorola says that uh, there are five patents which uh, rim is infringing and that they had licensed these technologies from motorola earlier but the license expired in i think last year yeah. and now they're not paying so so they they have they say they have a clear case and and that, and that kodak has or kodak also says that they have tried to settle it amicably through meetings and through come you know by talking to the companies but the but uh, apple and blackberry they haven't been responsive yeah kodak is also going for go banning against the iphone yeah. uh, to mention so, that so 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 basically the 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 violating patent is for color image previewing and also uh, a few other things i think kodak kodak filed a bunch of patents when it initially started developing uh, the digital photography right they they were the first early movers then it it must be fun i mean this job you know like you are a lawyer at kodak or a lawyer at blackberry or motorola whoever you are and all you do is wake up in the morning and and decide who am i supposed to sue today yeah exactly and, and you dig for patents and what not and and you have the shit and and if not directly how can i at least put up a decent enough case to get them into court or get at least some new story in the market kodak is getting royalties from you know a few of the camera manufacturers out here kodak is saying that that is a precedence for us to you know file a case against uh, these companies let's see how it works out for them seriously bad business this i don't know man see i am in two camps about all these patent things i mean from one point of view it people say it hampers innovation and all those things and this is like free money but then again kodak in, might have invested a lot of money in developing digital uh, photography so i mean people owe them a lot of uh, r&d money don't you think so i don't know two people can have the same thought at the same time you can't just uh, i soft with software it's very messy i mean i think i already shared my thoughts uh, in the last episode i don't know at the risk of uh, repeating myself i just think that uh, um, i mean there, there ought to be a different solution here but uh, i guess that's that Anyways those were the topics that we had did we miss out anything let me go uh, through the I hope not No those were those were the topics that we had uh, um so looking forward to tomorrow's announcement we'll we'll talk about that in the next episode probably spend a majority of our episode talking about that announcement depending on what comes out in the meantime you can log on to www.theindicas.com and leave us some comments Uh, on whatever we have said here, Google employees can yell at Saket on 
our website as well. Uh, what else? Follow, follow, follow Sakit on Twitter. He is available at V U L T U R O. That's Valturo. And I am at AC Mahatre. If you have any question, comments, please, please send us an email. It is at techkamasala at the rate theindicast.com. The email again is techkamasala at theindicast.com. Tak, 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 tak,